You want freedom and ease from anxiety? Get the powerful safe system for anxiety at quietbegins.com. Life presents the toughest challenges. Every day you are faced with decisions that test your ability to express who you really want to be in this world. We're told to keep saying affirmations and keep thinking positively, but what do you do when that stuff doesn't work? Welcome to the Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Paul Coliani and I'm here to help you increase your emotional intelligence so that you can avoid dysfunction, handle toxic situations with grace and ease, and show up as your authentic self. Especially around Thanksgiving and Christmas and all the other holidays that are coming up. I just want to let you know that everything I talk about on the show is my personal opinion and is meant for informational and educational purposes only. Always consult a medical or psychological professional before making any changes that could affect your physical or mental health. And like I said, uh, you know, the holidays are coming up and how do you show up for family? How do you show up for the people that have known you all of your life? How about the ones that know you so well, they know you better than you know yourself. I should put that whole line in quotes. I know you better than you know yourself. There are some people that, you know, they may see through us. They may see our weaknesses, our vulnerabilities, our strengths, our inner everything. They might see everything about us that we may not see. And then there are those that think they know us. Those are the ones that expect us to show up in a certain way. And when we don't, they aren't happy about it. And I'm referring to those that don't like when we make improvements in our life. Because if we make improvements, that means they have to try to figure out how to show up for us because how they're showing up now may not be compatible with how we show up. And what I mean by that is you go out into the world and you improve yourself, you maybe find work, make an income, make a family, get into relationships, get out of relationships, and move again, and then you're doing everything on your own, learning life, experiencing life, and making a, a life for yourself. So when you come back to family, and you've had all of these experiences, and you've done a lot of work on yourself, you've done a lot of healing, you've done a lot of growing, maybe some forgiving, maybe some growing hatred toward people that you grew up with, or just a reminder of people in your life, some toxic people that you don't want to see anymore, but you have to because maybe they're family, on and on and on. You come back with all these life experiences, and now people expect you to be exactly who you were when you left. And hopefully that's not you. Maybe that's not you. But if it is you, this is who I'm talking to. I'm talking to the people that come back to their family and suddenly when you want to show up in your new and improved emotionally evolved way, they aren't ready for it and they don't like it and they want you to be who you were. And it's hard to be who you were when you're so proud of who you've become, or at least you're proud of becoming the person that you want to become. And every step forward feels like a step into a better self, a better you. And so when you take this better self back home or where you grew up or where your family is, are you accepted as this new person? Are you welcome with open arms and open hearts and warm smiles and uh, people that say, wow, you have changed so much and you look so happy? Are you welcome like that? Are you made to feel like you are loved. And that is the important part. When you come back to people that have known you all your life, whether they know you better or not, or maybe they don't know you at all, and they have expectations or not, are you still welcome? If you're not, this is where the challenge comes in, right? This is where we have to deal with these people from our 
new self or our old self. And that is the choice that we make when we run into people that have known us way before we started any type of self-improvement, self-help journey. And so we come back to these people, we have been on a self-help journey, and they say something or do something that is uh, old school, (laughs) it is old to us, it is toxic to us, or it is draining, emotionally draining, energetically draining to us. And how do we respond? And, uh, you know, I grew into a teacher of emotional intelligence. I've grown into being a coach for others. I've grown into creating the blog, creating the podcast. And so I've had to not only figure this stuff out myself, uh, you know, the growing and the healing and the moving toward being something bigger and better and more improved than I was always, always on that process. Uh, but when you do that and you invest your life into it and you become the teacher to others, or at least the best teacher for yourself, allowing life to teach you along the way as well, you will get people that challenge what you've been taught, what you've learned in what you're teaching. <laughs> so from my perspective, as the coach, as that guy on that podcast, as that author of that blog, as the person out there doing what he can to try to give you some good information for life and for relationships, I have to be aware that what I put out there, uh, this going to sound a little spiritual, comes back to me. It it literally comes back to me. If I start teaching you about boundaries, guess what's going to (laughs) happen to me? It, It comes back and suddenly I'm faced with a challenge of boundaries. And this has happened many times, especially since I started teaching, especially since, well, I shouldn't say it that way, especially since I started this podcast. I started teaching long before that. But when I started the podcast and put it out into the world, suddenly I'm challenged even more. And I think part of it is because you are my accountability partner. (laughs) everyone listening, I have an audience of probably, as of this recording, 50,000 or more. 50,000 people are my accountability partners. You are one of them. And when you are listening to this and I tell you a story of my life, it is because I have faced that challenge and either passed the test or failed it and want to share with you what happened. So I create the accountability I need to make sure I figure out how to pass the test. And so it's not like I figured everything out. I mean, when people write to me, there are still challenges that I've not learned about yet because I haven't faced them myself. I can get people through a lot of things that happen, but maybe not everything that happens. If someone writes to me and says, I have no job, I have no income, I'm about to get kicked out tomorrow, and I have no friends, I live in a town that's a thousand miles away from anyone I know, and I don't know what to do, I don't think I'm going to have an immediate answer. I, I don't. All I can say is, I've been there. I've faced that challenge. And the answer I might come up with is, you're going to have a hard time. It's not going to be easy. And as long as you realize that the other side exists and you'll make it there, eventually, it may not be tomorrow, it may not be in six months, it may take a while. That means you have to rely on resilience and tolerance and looking into the future, having faith it's there and that it's waiting for you and that you will be there eventually, but also knowing that you're going to have some hard times. It's like the email I just read regarding um, this person being single for a long time. I've been single forever. How long does it take? How do I go out and make friends? How do I go go out and meet the love of my life? What do I do? You know, you talk about relationships a lot, but you hardly ever talk about us single people. How do I love myself? I, I get it when we are with someone else, but how do I have a great relationship with myself? Hopefully everything I talk about on the show is contributing to your life as an an individual. Hopefully you are nurturing yourself. 
I have talked about self-love and self-compassion and self-care in many episodes. But there's also the social aspect of being human. I want to get out there and meet other people. I want to be with other people. I want to have a romantic relationship with other people. All of these things exist inside of us. In, you know, I would say most of us. There are some people who say that, no, I don't need a relationship. Maybe they've been through relationships. Maybe they never had an interest in relationships. We're all different. But the majority of us want relationships. We at least want connection with someone. We at least want someone that can listen to us every now and then and talk to us every now and then and maybe even physically touch us every now and then. And so there's the the aspect of our lives that we need to connect with other people. So when I get emails where the person explains to me that the most normal aspect of being human they're not experiencing, there's no easy answer. There's no easy solution. But there is always a first step. There is always a first step. I think the first step for a lot of people is to move. That's a generic first step. But move. Because there are some people that just wait for something to happen while they don't move. And maybe the second generic first step is to get out of the house. So not only do you move away from your computer, off the couch, you get out of the house if you can. Some people can't. And some people might find it hard to leave. Some people have social anxiety. You know, talk about the safe system. Some people have disabilities. And so these challenges come along that feel almost impossible to get through and get by. And what I like to encourage you to do is when you have a challenge that comes along that you believe is impossible, you might have to become the teacher. You might have to be the person that challenges yourself to get through it no matter what. And that is something that I like to do in in myself. And it's funny, I'm talking about this right now because I have something in my life that scares the heck out of me. And it's a challenge. And I want to say no to it. (laughs) That's the first place I go. I want to say no to it. But here I am. When I'm teaching about the challenge, the challenge is coming my way. And when you become the teacher, you have an opportunity to learn and grow and heal and evolve through whatever it is you're working on. So I like to look at my life as one of those experimental mobile laboratories that uh, is a testing ground for new challenges, new opportunities, and understandings and discoveries that I learn along the way in the path of life so that when I get it under my belt, I can take it back to family. (laughs) So this comes back to what I brought up earlier, is when you meet your family as the new you, do you continue being the new you or the person that you used to be that they're more comfortable with and you're not? Hey, there's a boundaries issue right there. Do you show up as yourself and honor yourself and be yourself with these new people and some of them are going to agree with your life decisions some of them are going to agree with your political decisions some of them aren't going to think that you're on the right path at all you're not with the right person and how you handle that will be the challenge it will be something that you either apply as the new you or deny as the new you and what i mean by that is You can do what you've learned as this new person, or you can reach back into those old coping mechanisms and dysfunctions and other behaviors that probably aren't helpful now, but were helpful at the time. You know, you had to get through some old family stuff, but you still have those tools available to you. But which ones are you you going to use? Are you going to become the younger you that they're comfortable with or stay the new and improved you that you're comfortable with? That's the challenge, right? That's where the sometimes impossible step arrives in front of you. And when that step is there, do you take it or not? And my goal when it comes to challenges is to assess what I'm going to gain and what I'm going to lose. For example, the challenge in my mind right now is something that I have a lot to gain and very little to lose. Yet I'm scared to do it. I have a fear about it. I'm not going to tell you what it is. (laughs) I'm still working on it. I'm still processing it. But I have a fear about it. 
And uh, this fear is something that I can either choose to overcome and put it in my tool belt for a future tool or allow the fear to override the opportunity to get past the challenge. And so, you know, I'm kind of talking myself into it right now, but uh, at the same time, do I really want to pursue it? And on and on. And uh, I have a lot of things to think about. Just like when you're in front of family or people that have known you all your life, you might have a lot of things to think about. Am I going to ruin this relationship with this family member or old friend or whatever because I want to be myself, because I want to honor myself, because I have boundaries, because I am in alignment with my values now? I am going in a path that I appreciate, that I uh, respect about me and increases my self-esteem and increases my self-worth. And I feel really good being this new person. Yet here's this other person in front of me that is trying to relegate me back to that old person that I don't miss at all. Maybe you miss some things about that old person or not, but you certainly don't want to behave like you used to behave that enabled any dysfunctional or toxic behavior. Because by doing that, it feels like you're taking a big step backwards. Again, I've been there. I've been in that situation where a family member put me on the spot and I had an opportunity to show up as this new person, the one I teach other people about, or show up as the old person just to keep the peace. And when those decisions come, they're scary, they're hard, And they will define your path from that point on. And I've noticed that. And that's why it's scary because this defines your path. I mean, this can be one of the reasons it's scary. But when you have the opportunity to show up as the old person or show up as the new person, then make your decision carefully. You know, my disclaimer is always if the person is violent or aggressive, maybe it's better just to placate them and get away from them. That's fine. But if it's just an irrational fear that you're still carrying around or you believe is rational because X, Y, Z will happen and you don't want that to happen, yet you still feel like if you made the decision to honor yourself, be in alignment with your values, keep your boundaries intact, then maybe the best bet would be for you to honor yourself and go forward as this new person. And when you do that, your life will be defined from that point on and you'll have that new tool in your tool belt so that anyone you face from that point on is a lot easier because when it's not faced we carry around old tools when the challenge isn't addressed and confronted and overcome we keep the old tools and we don't want the old tools i mean some of them are useful like i used to be a people pleaser and that can come in handy Sometimes, sometimes it's easier to say, you know what, uh, I'll do whatever it takes uh, just to get through this moment. That's fine. I can access that old tool. It's a good resource every now and then, but I'm not going to use it to drain myself. I'm not going to use it to dishonor myself. I'm just going to use it as a tool when I need it. However, we have these new tools now. One of these new tools might be, I'm not going to allow people to disrespect me. Imagine carrying that around. I hope, you, I hope you do. I hope you don't have to imagine that. I hope you do carry that around. I'm not going to allow people to disrespect me. If you're carrying that around and then someone you used to know who knew you as that other person suddenly says something that is disrespectful and maybe you really notice how disrespectful it is now because back then you were maybe a little bit more of a pushover or maybe you didn't recognize the disrespect, but now you recognize it. Now you have an opportunity to say something or do something and stepping into that fear without thinking about the consequences first and just thinking about, I could redefine this relationship now. I can redefine my path into the future with other meetings with this person and other people right now. What am I going to do? I think the goal should be to improve yourself. I think the goal should be to remember your boundaries and your values and what you really like about yourself and what direction you appreciate going in and then make that decision. And I hear people out there right now saying, but all these other variables, I won't be able to see so-and-so anymore. I won't be able to see my grandkids. I I won't be able to see my sister or my brother if I say this to that person. My friends will leave me and they'll tell all their friends and I won't have any friends left. Absolutely. This could happen. This is a real possibility. 
And this is where the most personal growth, the most difficult and most powerful leaps of faith that you can possibly take are. And what I mean by that is when you show up as the person that you want to be and that you have become after all these months or years, you are taking a leap of faith that the other person is going to want that for you. You hope that they want your happiness. You hope that they want you to care about yourself, to love yourself, to honor and respect yourself. You hope that they feel that way about you because you want them to feel that way about you, not only because you would like to keep the relationship or improve the relationship, but you would hope that they actually cared about you enough for you to care about yourself. You would hope that they would actually honor you honoring yourself. You would hope that they would actually be happy for you because you're happy. And if you aren't getting that response, you soon learn who doesn't want you to be happy and who wants you to keep them comfortable while you stay uncomfortable. And I look at my past with two specific relatives that I honored myself, stayed in alignment with my values, and I did lose them as anyone that might want to connect with me in the future. At least for now. Who knows? It may change in 10 years. I don't know. But I do know that when I show up as myself in front of people, I get to find out if they really care about me, if they really love me, if they really support me, if they really want me to be happy. Because if they don't, what I find out is that all they want is other people to conform to what makes them comfortable. And when I find out that I was just a pawn it's going to sound a little harsh, a little pawn in their game of making them feel more comfortable, making them happy. It doesn't feel very good inside of me to have this person in my life. And then I have to make the choice whether to keep them in my life anymore, because if it was never a give and take where I give and they give back, and it was always just taking from me, I don't like being used. They may not see it as using, other people may not see it as using, but it feels used. It feels like they only used me to satisfy their own needs and never gave back to me. Now, maybe in small ways, I could find ways they, actually, these two relatives, <laughs> I can't find ways they've actually given back with any meaning. It does seem like it always served them in some way, but you may find some people that, yes, sure, they've given back in some ways. But then, you know, it's important to consider, are they doing that as part of the game? So I, I don't want to make anyone in your life sound like they might be playing a game with you and you're just a pawn in their game. I don't want to make it sound like that. I just want you to be aware that when you decide that you're going to show up as this new and improved you and you like who you are or even love who you are, which I think is a great place to be, and you don't get supported in this good, positive, happy feeling that you have about yourself, then it's important to remember that perhaps they're not ready for you to evolve and they are only more comfortable around people who don't. They are only more comfortable around people that stay the same so that they don't have to change. And if you're around people that don't want to change and don't accept you changing, you might call that toxic. You might call that dysfunctional. You may not. I mean, you may think of people right now that aren't toxic, aren't dysfunctional, but just don't like your changes and they don't want to be around you or with you. And that's perfectly fine. You're going to find people like that too. I don't like what you're going through. I don't like all these changes I'm seeing in you. I need to get away from you because that makes me uncomfortable and I can't connect with you anymore. There are some people that won't be able to relate to you anymore. I used to be able to relate to you. We used to be able to talk about this and this and this, and now you're not even interested in that. So I don't really want anything to do with you. They may not say that to you, but they'll start ghosting you. They'll start disappearing from your life. And when they disappear, that's one of the consequences of going through the self-improvement process is that you might find that you don't have the same interests anymore. You don't have the same values and you don't have the same ideas on what makes you happy. And so their ideas are different than yours. And that's when you have to accept that it's okay 
to let these people go. And that's not saying that you're better than them or they're better than you. It just means sometimes this happens. Sometimes you just don't have enough in common anymore. And you have to be okay with this process of knowing that as you keep moving in an ideal direction for you, that some people can't follow. It doesn't mean they're necessarily bad people. Some of them just don't understand. And some of them have old ways. Some of them are old school, like I said, and they don't want changes. They just want to live their life and hopefully everyone else lives their lives the way they've always lived their lives around that person so they don't have to worry about anything changing ever and um, they'll just get old and die and they'll be happy that everything was the same. And in this world, it's very hard to keep things the same because things are always changing. And we hear it over and over again, change is inevitable. It's just going to happen. And when it happens to people that we know and love, we either support their changes or we reject them and don't want anything to do with them. We're like, I don't like the way you're changing. But is that a fear in us if we don't like someone else's changes? Is that something that we think we're going to lose? Is that something that we are so focused on ourselves that we don't understand that what they're going through is a positive thing and what we're going through is our fear of the steps they're taking. Because if they take those steps, what happens to me? That's the fear that comes up. And that's the fear that might be coming up for people in your life. If you go through these changes, what about me? Sounds a little selfish. Sounds a little narcissistic. It could be that people are afraid that if things around them or people around them change, that something's going to happen to me. And this is where my final point about this is that we comfort people by honoring ourselves and loving them at the same time. I call it honoring yourself with love for others. When you honor yourself and show that you still love and you still support what they're doing with their life, even if you disagree, you just know that they're on a path that works for them or maybe it doesn't work for them and they're miserable, but you know they're doing the best they can. And when you do that, it shows them that you are open to their changes or not. And hopefully that rubs off on them so they can look back at you and say, you know, it seems like you're changing, but you still show me the same amount of support, maybe even more. So because of that, because I still see that you're deep down inside really a caring and loving, compassionate person uh, toward me and my thoughts and feelings matter to you, then I think I can support you back. How often does that happen? Probably not as often as it should, but hopefully it happens. Hopefully, when you honor yourself with love for them, they'll see that you're doing it that way and they'll get it and they'll catch on and they'll say, wow, that's really cool what you're going through. I love that you're going through that and thank you so much for not pushing that on me. Thank you so much for not thinking that I need to take the same steps that you take. That really feels good. I don't feel any threats. I don't feel like you're pushing your values onto me and that feels really good. So I honor you and I support you as well. And that's a good feeling. Again, it may not happen like that, but when it does, that is ideal. That's like the most ideal. That's when you know that people, even though they might have fears, they still support your path. You know, my definition of love is supporting the other person's path to happiness, even if you disagree with it. And boy, when you can give that and get that back, you've got a bond. You've got something that is almost indestructible. So in relation to my last point here about honoring yourself with love for others, let me give you an example. Something I've talked about on the show before is when a relative of mine wanted to borrow money. And this relative borrowed money a lot from certain family members. And certain family members would always give in. Sometimes they would get it back. Sometimes they wouldn't. And this person never actually asked me for money. But one day I was home and this relative was over and this person asked me for money. And all these thoughts went through my head. I know that if I say yes, it's going to be like opening the door so that this person can ask me over and over again. I don't like that feeling. I don't want that feeling. 
Plus, if I give this person money now, I'm always thinking, when am I going to get it back? Maybe I should just give this person money and treat it as something that I'll never see again. Or maybe I should just nip it right here and give this person my truth. And that's what I decided to do. I said, you know, I'm not going to give you money. And I, I'm telling you this because I don't want our relationship to turn into something where I'm always thinking about the money you owe me or worried that you're going to ask me about the money. I just want to let you know that I love you and I want to keep what we have and I want to continue moving forward, but I just don't want to make our relationship about money. And so I I don't want to offer that to you. And I could tell this person was not happy and said something like, well, fine, or something like that. And um, pretty much that was the end of the conversation. And from that point on, I never saw this person again. And this person is sort of a close relative and it's sad because I really wanted to keep a loving connection with this person, but I couldn't. I tried. I honored myself by not wanting to get into that game of, okay, I'll give you some money now. And okay, I'll give you some money again some other time. I didn't want to play that game. And so I decided to just not be part of that honor myself and show love for this other person. And that's what I did. And I was honest. I I genuinely wanted to have a loving, caring, kind, and money-free relationship with this person. And they didn't. They didn't want that. They wanted the relationship to be about the money. And I didn't want to include that in our relationship. It doesn't mean that if an emergency came up that I wouldn't pop in and see what I could do to help. But that wasn't this person's pattern. And I didn't want to get sucked into that pattern because it made other people uncomfortable. It made me uncomfortable. And I just didn't like it. So I honored myself. I honored my values. And I made sure that I still showed this person love. And I still wanted a relationship. And I wasn't going to make it about the money. And once the money discussion was over, I was hoping to continue making our relationship great. You know, keeping it wonderful. And it wasn't. And it made me sad. Because I lost someone that I really thought I would have a connection with for the rest of my life. And it doesn't seem to be that way. And it's sad because I really thought that they would support my decision as well. And that's another important aspect of this. Is that if you have a decision to make and the other person doesn't support that decision, you have to wonder why. You have to wonder if they really care about you being happy, if they really honor your boundaries, if they really value your values. But if that's not there, like you give that to them, but they don't give it back to you, then what kind of relationship is it? Are you that pawn? I mean, I I hate to paint that picture, but it does feel that way. It does feel like, so the only reason you wanted me around is when you needed money and that's what this relationship is based on? I don't want to be a part of that. I hope you're not a part of any type of scheme or game, even if it's unconscious, even if they don't realize what it's about. I don't want you to be sucked into that pattern. At the same time, it may not be a game. It may just be fears. It may be something that uh, neither one of you has learned yet and you need to learn, but you never learn it because no one ever speaks up. No one ever tells the truth. There's always some other thing that you say or do that gets you out of the conversation or gets you out of the dilemma. And the choice to address the dilemma, address the challenge instead of avoid it is going to, like I said, define who you are and define the relationship from that point on. And I realize that's a huge, scary step most of the time. Because if it wasn't, it wouldn't be a lesson that you could put in your tool belt and grow from It would just be another day in the park. It would be a lot easier. But that's what tools are made of. Tools are made of the the hard challenges that we decide to accept and figure out how to grow through even though there is the possibility of loss. And challenges can come with loss. It can be a loss of your fear. It can be a loss of a friend. It can be a loss of your insecurities. It can be a loss of your draining energy. Or it could be a loss of someone important to you. Sometimes the loss is good. Sometimes it doesn't feel good. But either way, I believe getting through the challenge puts you on an elevated level so that the negativity doesn't fill your life. Doesn't mean you have to accept every challenge and always honor yourself with every single person that comes along because sometimes those people are connected to other people and you have relationships that you're trying to 
keep alive or keep around. And sometimes if you say this one thing to this one person, then this other part of your entire life changes and maybe you're not ready for such big changes. Not everyone is ready to climb the mountain and make the sacrifices and be the wise one that isn't afraid of any type of loss for the greater good of the self. Not everyone's ready to do that. I try to do it when I can, and sometimes I choose not to. Sometimes it's just not conducive to living my life in a normal way. Because sometimes you can only take so much loss, and sometimes you just have to bite the bullet with some people and realize those people will never change. That's really my final point. Sometimes people won't change, and you have to decide if you're going to accept them as who they are because they won't accept you as who you want to be. And if you can do that and you can be fine with it and realize that they're not going to show up in a way that will be mutually beneficial, but at least you'll be okay with it, then perhaps you will be okay at all the family reunions that you go to from this point on. And you'll understand that the new reality that you get used to isn't really personally about you at all. It's just about everyone that's not necessarily ready for the new you and may never be. And when you're okay with that, that's another step into self-improvement, into an emotional evolution that helps you get through the challenges. Deep stuff, hard stuff, sometimes impossible stuff, but you do your best and you try to take the opportunities when you can to help redefine who you are with other people and redefine your future so that life gets better for you as you move forward. We'll be right back. You know, one of the things about revisiting family is that sometimes you're going to have to ground yourself before visiting family. And what I mean by that is uh, sometimes you just have to chill, meditate, relax, and realize that it may not go well. You know, it's not just family. It's big crowds or uh, people that you've never met or maybe you're about to give that speech. Whatever it is, it, sometimes you just need to relax inside yourself. And it would be nice if someone was there with you saying, all right, just relax, (laughs) just be calm. And I want you to think of that wonderful place inside and just go to that wonderful place. Not exactly that, but you get what I mean. It, It would be nice to have someone holding your hand before the things that usually make you anxious, make you anxious. And hopefully that person holding your hand helps you not be anxious at all. And that's why I created the safe system for anxiety. It's a social anxiety, freedom and ease. It was designed for social situations, but it has evolved into more of any type of situation that makes you anxious. And uh, it is like someone holding your hand or at least proverbially while walking you through some really calming, grounding exercises to help you feel more connected in yourself and less fear, less insecure, you know, because anxiety is one of those things that we really amplify inside ourselves when we don't really need to. There's not too much to be anxious about when it comes to certain people, certain events, but we amplify it. We think, oh, this is going to kill us. You know, This is going to feel painful when maybe it won't be physically painful, but it's just scary. And so that's what the safe system is all about, is to help you understand that these fears that you have, they can be addressed, they can be processed, and they can be released. And that's what the system is designed to do, is to help you release the fears of anxiety and even anxiety itself. So before you head over to family for the holidays, or if you're listening to this and it's not the holidays, before you go anywhere, put your headphones in and listen to the safe system. It's got quite a few modules on how to help you alleviate your anxiety so that you feel that freedom and ease that would be a lot better than the anxiety that is usually in its place. Head over to quietbegins.com. Check out the safe system. See if it's right for you. Everything's explained over on that website, quietbegins.com.
Thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I want to remind you to go to quietbegins.com. If you're dealing with anxiety and you want to get rid of it, quietbegins.com. That's going to help you out a lot. And I want to thank members of the patron program over at patron.theoverwhelmedbrain.com. Got some exciting changes happening over there. New website. Uh, it's coming up. It hasn't happened as of this recording, but it is coming up. So everyone in the patron program, uh, I know it's a little bit difficult to find some of the content in there because it's a lot. Uh, but once it's categorized and organized, it'll be a lot easier to use. And so uh, thank you for those who are continuing to contribute to the patron program. And uh, thank you to anyone who has made a donation and using the Amazon link and is doing everything they can to support what we have going on over here. And if you are interested in supporting as well, head over to patron.theoverwhelmedbrain.com and uh, click on membership and you'll see some support options there. Thank you, existing patron members. Your support is making a difference. And for those of you who don't know, if you're a first time listener or haven't listened long, I do have another podcast called Love and Abuse. If you're in a relationship that's a little bit difficult to navigate, a little bit complex to figure out, and you're scratching your head and trying to figure out what to do next, uh, maybe there's something else that you need to look at in there. So go to loveandabuse.com. And it's not just for relationships, for everyone that deals with family members, just like the stuff we talked about today, uh, that might be difficult to deal with, that you may not have a good solution trying to figure out how to communicate with them. That show, I believe, provides a lot of the answers. And I get I get some amazing emails all the time. Some of them say, wow, I've been in an emotionally abusive relationship for 22 years, and I didn't know until I listened to your show. And so if you're interested in learning about poisonous communication and toxic relationships, head over to loveandabuse.com and check out the podcast and uh, download the Mean Workbook if you need that too. The Mean Workbook tells you all about manipulation and emotional abuse, and it gives you an assessment to help you figure out what's going on in your relationship. And finally, I'd like to thank Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in The Overwhelmed Brain. Well, I had a different idea for this show today. I was going to talk about something else entirely, and then I realized, wait, the holidays are coming up, at least in the U.S. and other parts of the world, and it might be a good time to talk about dysfunctional and toxic relationships, especially when it comes to reunions and gatherings with, with family. And, uh, you know, you might be dealing with this, whether it's a holiday or not. And so it's good to have some resources, good to have some tools under your belt. And maybe you did, maybe you didn't get any from today's episode. I hope you did. But if you didn't, I have created a few episodes and even articles on dealing with toxic family members, communicating with family as the new you. Um, and you can find those over at theoverwhelmedbrain.com. One of the articles I wrote is called, Is It Ever Okay to Release Toxic Family? Another one is how family drama can teach you a lot about personal boundaries. That's a good one. <laughs> uh, another one is accepting or denying toxic family members. That's part of a three-part episode. Uh, you know, I used to have three titles in one episode. And that one's third segment is accepting or denying toxic family members. You can use the search field at theoverwhelmedbrain.com to look for these. Another one's called hanging up on family. And that's finding the best way to handle a continuously criticizing family member. And uh, almost every family has one of those, uh, almost. And um, that might be helpful for you. And another article I wrote, Reconnecting with Family as the New You. It's right in alignment with what we talked about today and, and more and more. So just type in the word family in the search field at theoverwhelmedbrain.com and you'll find all these and more. I've talked about this subject over and over again over the years. And every time I talk about it, I try to add new thoughts, new tools, and new ideas for you because sometimes you'll hear a show and you'll go, that's not going to work. I'm not going to do that. That's ridiculous. I can't do that. She's going to yell at me. He's going to run off. And you have all these thoughts about what might happen. And a lot of those might be true. And you might think that what I'm talking about won't work. So that's why sometimes you'll hear me talk about certain subjects again and again until you find the one gold nugget that's going to work. So every now and then you'll hear me talk about something that you've already heard, but it depends on how long you've been listening because sometimes you'll tune in and you won't hear any of this until you hear it for the first time if I create a new episode on it. And of course, not everyone has time to listen to the last 350, 400 episodes. So this is why we sometimes talk about it. But let me stop wasting time on how much you have listened to the show or not. I want to conclude the show by talking about 
how tiring it can be to not be yourself. I think that's one of the most important lessons I've learned. You know, I grew up as a people pleaser. I never honored my boundaries. I didn't even know what values were. And being authentic wasn't even on the radar uh, because I really believed I already was being authentic. And when I say that, I mean, when I look back at how I showed up in life and how people saw me, I really thought that I was being genuine. But what I was hiding underneath were my true thoughts and feelings. And what I showed people on the outside was what I wanted them to see. And when you do that over and over and over again in every interaction with the same people and different people and different circumstances, you just get drained. It burns you out. You'll burn relationships out. You'll burn yourself out of jobs. You'll burn yourself out of almost anything because you're not being yourself. You cannot wear this energy draining mask over and over and over again. And that's how I gauge things nowadays. If I really don't think I'm being authentic, I listen and feel to my body. Well, I listen to my thoughts and I feel my body. And if my stomach starts acting up when I just said something that I maybe don't agree with, I rethink it and maybe re-say it. And I might even say, I don't even know why I said that. I don't mean that. What I mean is this. Or, I just said that and it didn't feel right, so I don't think it's true. I think that's a good gauge. It takes a while to get there. If you're not used to this, especially if you're a people pleaser or you're a chameleon, you adapt to all these situations, it takes a while to get there to actually listen to yourself because it feels selfish. You think you're not being compassionate enough toward others by focusing on yourself. I mean, depending on where you are with this. For me, it was always thinking about other people. What will they think of me? How can I serve them? And on and on about them but never about what do I think of this. And I especially never thought that I'm going to honor myself in this situation by disagreeing with what they're saying and going in the direction that I need to go for me. That was way off the radar. I would never think to do that before I started honoring my boundaries. And when I started honoring my boundaries and really showing up authentically, telling people more of what was on my mind, disagreeing with people, saying no when I meant no, saying yes when I meant yes, I found that I gained more energy. I don't know if gained is the right word. I might have just kept my energy. That's what it is. I kept all my energy instead of giving it away. I call that power, you know, personal power, whatever you want to call it, personal empowerment. When you live authentically, you get to keep your power. You get to keep your energy. It doesn't fizzle away. It doesn't drain. Because what you're saying and what you're doing is in alignment with how you feel and your intentions and what you want to do inside, your desires. You are fulfilling your own wants and needs. And because you're very congruent with your thoughts, intentions, and then your behavior, there's no energy drain. It's like the buffer that used to be there. You know, the uh, universal translator <laughs> that took your real thoughts and translated them in a way that came out nice <laughs> to other people or different to other people, it took energy to run. So my universal translator that would take the thought of, that guy's a jerk, I want to say no, I will never do business with him again, that was translated into, oh no thank you, I appreciate the offer, but no thank you. And that took a lot of energy to translate into something kind when I didn't want to be kind. Now what happens, and you may have heard me talk about this on the show before. I remember the last time this happened, it was in a store and the guy overcharged me by adding on an extended warranty and he threw it on there without even asking me. And that really ticked me off because he's done similar things to me in the past and I never really thought about it. And I just thought he was being like overly friendly and said, oh, you need this and this is what you need and this is what you need. But really, I could see the pattern. He was always upping his own commission, always trying to sell me the highest price thing, not the best, most appropriate thing. And so I finally decided, you know what? I've had enough. This is not right. I'm thinking in my head, this is not right. He should not have thrown that on there without even telling me uh, or trying to sneak it in there. So I said, what is this extra charge? I didn't ask for that. That's very sneaky. 
you shouldn't put that in there. That's out of integrity. That's not honest. I didn't use those exact words, but that's the kind of energy that I was feeling. And that's the kind of energy that came out of me. And I said it very diplomatically. It wasn't like, hey, you jerk, what's going on? I just said it in a way that really made him face his behavior. And that felt so good to me. It was a little scary, but it felt good because it was so congruent with what I was feeling, what I was thinking, and what I wanted to do. And my universal translator didn't have to work overtime trying to find a way to say it nicely. I just said it directly and assertively. And it feels so good to do that. And I learned to do that more and more in my life whenever I can. And I've noticed over the years, as I do that, as I practice authenticity, I get to keep my power. I get to walk away from every interaction feeling good about myself. If nothing else, feeling good about yourself helps you keep your power. So I want you to think about the things that would help you feel good about yourself. Because being in that space probably means certain things to you. For me, it's being in alignment with how I feel inside. It's being in alignment with my values. It's honoring my boundaries. It's speaking up for me. It's letting the world know who I am. It's being authentic as much as I can be. And that feels pretty good. And I want you to feel good. So just do me a favor and keep an open mind so that you can step into that power. This will help you be firm in all your decisions and actions so that you can create the life you want. Always take steps to grow and evolve. You are powerful beyond measure. And above all, and this is something I absolutely know to be true about you, you are amazing. Amazing.